Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then talk about it. This is page 897. Bast stood as still as a startled heart, his eyes wide. Silence flooded the room, thick and bitter as a lungful of smoke. Quoth drew a slow breath, the only motion in the room. I'm sorry, Bast, he said without looking up. I'm just in a little pain right now. It got the better of me. Give me a moment and I'll have it sorted out. Still looking down, Quoth closed his eyes and drew several slow, shallow breaths. When he looked up, his expression was chagrined. I'm sorry, Bast, he said. I didn't mean to snap at you. A touch of the color returned to Bast's cheeks, and some of the tension left his shoulders as he gave a nervous smile. Quoth took the damp cloth from Chronicler and wiped the blood away from his eye again. I'm sorry I interrupted you before, Bast. What is it you were about to ask me? Bast hesitated, then said, You killed five Skrail not three days ago, Reshi. He waved toward the door. What's some thug compared to that? I picked the time and place for the Skrail rather carefully, Bast, Quoth said, and I didn't exactly dance away unscathed either. Chronicler looked up, surprised. You were hurt? he asked. I didn't know. You didn't look it. A small wry smile twisted the corner of Quoth's mouth. Old habits die hard, he said. I do have a reputation to maintain. Besides, we heroes are only hurt in properly dramatic ways. It rather ruins the story if you find out Bast had to knit about ten feet of stitches into me after the fight. Realization broke over Bast's face like a sunrise. Of course, he said, his voice thick with relief. I forgot. You're still hurt from the scrail. I knew it had to be something like that. Both looked at the floor, every line of his body sagging and weary. Bast, he began. I knew it, Reshi. Bast said emphatically, there's no way some thug could get the better of you. Quoth drew a shallow breath and let it out in a rush. I'm sure that's it, Bast, he said easily. I expect I could have taken them both if I'd been fresh. Bast's expression grew uncertain again. He turned to face Chronicler. How could you let this happen, he demanded. It's not his fault, Bast, Quoth said absentmindedly. I started the fight. He put a few fingers into his mouth and felt around gingerly. His fingers came out of his mouth bright with blood. I expect I'm going to lose this tooth, he mused. You will not lose your tooth, Reshi, Bast said fiercely. You will not. Quoth made a slight motion with his shoulders, as if trying to shrug with... The end of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. And Jeremy is off celebrating the 99th birthday of a venerable family member. Yeah, I say we don't even uh, we don't even have to make something up this week. That's like so impressive that yeah. even just like... We know someone who knows someone who's 99. Like, that's crazy. We forgive him, unlike last time, which with, for which he is still doing penance. <laughs> so I feel like uh, an astute reader, we, we, we did not mention this, but I feel like an astute reader would be asking this same question. Like, hey, wait a minute. At the beginning of the book, which was, you know, again, as Bass said, not three nights ago, Quoth uh, kills five blade demons. And emerges, you know, he gets sliced up a bit, but he's fine. Uh, we should be asking ourselves, what the heck? How come the guy who could do that one book ago gets his ass beat here? And I think that the door is open for a lot of crackpot theorizing when Quoth says, I pick the time and place for that rather carefully. Oh, maybe he can only be that way at certain times. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, talk online that there's something about the inn itself that oh. that suppresses his powers. the The fact that he like he looks the hero, you know, he he 
he goes with his cloak on. He's holding iron at the time. Uh, maybe there's something to do with the moon. I feel like this is something that needs to be explained. And it also, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that maybe it's just the author kind of hand-waving it and saying, at this time, I need him to be able to fight the the Skrail, and then later I need him to get beat up by these thugs. Bass uh, both seems to like, I, you know, I don't believe him when he says, I'm sure that's it. I'm sure I was just feeling... Oh, no, he's just like, uh, he's he's doing that thing where he's too exhausted to to go about explaining to Bass that like, it's not the way he thinks it is. So he's just like, yeah, Bass, like whatever you yeah, think. He's just placating Bass. Absolutely. Yes, placating. That's the word I was looking for, but I didn't know what it was. He really is. And Bass doesn't seem to, Bass doesn't seem to buy it. It's funny that he turns on Chronicler also. <laughs> he's like, how could you let this happen? You know, and it's interesting thinking about Bass interiority here because it helps to remind us that Bast is not human and that Bast actually does feel things, see things differently than a human. That's why I feel like Foth has to apologize so profusely to him at the beginning, because like he's really hurt Bast by by snapping at him, probably more so like in, in the way that you would hurt like a child if you snapped at like a you know a five year old. Well, also right? like it, it it feels almost like when he snaps at Bast, and then the whole room is flooded with with a thick silence. Like it almost feels like he did more than just snap at Bast. And Maybe. I'm not sure if that's just like well, a, uh, that, like, uh, ooh, um, yeah, right. Well, silence, you know, as a thing, right? Like mm-hmm. the silence emanating from Quoth, you know, if uh, the silence is something that's so present in the inn and maybe Bast is detecting some magic at play or something, you know, what if, what if silence is Quoth's Chandrian trait? Yeah, I don't know. I'm what not if sure. What if he's the source of the silence? I suppose it's possible. I guess what what I'm getting at here is that in the you know the the silence has a lot of weight here. Thick and bitter is a lungful of smoke. Uh, Bass seems very affected by it. The room, the only motion in the room is him breathing. Maybe that is a supernatural silence. Maybe it's not just like awkwardness at Quo's outburst. Maybe he has done something or something has come out of him. Maybe the more bad he feels, the more his. Uh, his sign appeared more and more. I'm convincing myself that Quoth has become Chandranoid and that his sign is silence, which would be delicious irony for Quoth uh, to, you know, carry silence with him wherever he goes as some form of punishment. We know the Chandrian can like hide or suppress their signs to some extent. So maybe that's what Quoth had to do to fight the Skrail. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe he is less of a Chandranoid when he's not in the end. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's something about the inn. Maybe there's something about the box. Maybe there's something about the moon. If we were to, you know, when we do the next read of this, when we do a uh, page of the wind again, when we read every page of the book again. <laughs> Wait, what is a, uh, what was it like page of page of the wind? Remember we used to do that bit on April Fool's where we would pretend to be podcasters who were like watching an episode of, or listening to an episode of our show. Do you remember that? I mean, I think someone else did that. I don't think we did that. Did we not do that? <laughs> no, someone else did that as like a thank you for us. <laughs> I feel like that the, seems like something we would do. Did we yeah. do that to someone else's podcast? We might have done it for someone else, but no, it was a gift from uh, from John from Ventus and the folks at Duke and Duchess. Oh, that right. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't actually remember doing it. I just remember hearing it. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I, I had like assumed in my brain that the memory was of us. But yes, okay, that makes sense. 
that makes way more sense. Yeah, it's uh, very funny. If you uh, have access to our Patreon, you should go back and listen to the back uh, episodes. Yeah, our, how old is that episode now? It's a few years, you know. We've been at it for some, yeah. some time. There's there's a lot of uh, a Patreon episodes there. There's a whole other podcast worth of of content to sift through. Yeah, that that's what's really on display on this page is is Bast's kind of reaction. He's him being sensitive to something beyond just the social elements that are on display. There might be something supernatural happening. At the very least, he really does seem childlike here in his in his reaction and the way Quoth has to placate him. I agree. Very good. Um, let's see. Shall we do a bit? Uh, poopy butts. Uh, no, no poopy no? butts. No poopy butts. No. Okay. What other bits do you have? Well, we can't do like a, we can't do a funny Jeremy bit because he's gone for a good reason. I don't know. I don't have any bits, but I refuse to do any Star Wars bits. You and you, okay, wait, you and Jeremy did like a whole bunch of bits the last couple of episodes. So maybe we just, the bit is we take a break from bits. Ah, I love it. Okay. The bit is we take a break from bits. So we'll just put the bits back in the the box, box. back in the bit box. (laughs) They go in the shelf. The bits go back in the box. Yeah. Yep. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. No bits. It's a very serious taciturn podcast now. Yes. It was a, it was, it's a, it's a clean 10 minute or I think somewhere around there. Yeah. Give or take. Once we trim the ums and the ahs, it'll probably get back down to 10 minutes or so. Yeah. There you go. Uh, do you want to read a letter? Yeah, sure. Well, I want you to read a letter. I don't want to read a letter. This letter is from Rachel who writes a very serious and important question. Hi, pagers. You asked for letters, so I thought I'd deliver, no pun intended, just a quick one today. We've recently adopted a black cat, and after deliberating on a name, we've decided that he can be our very own boy who stole the moon, Jax. If you were each to have a pet with a King Killer inspired name, what would it be and why? Thanks for all that you do. I love listening to the podcast, and I'm amazed by how much time you all give up to make it for us. Cat tax below, signed Rachel. I will uh, post the cat tax pictures on the day this episode airs. But Jordana, what king killer name would you name a pet? Well, okay. So, see, the issue is that I feel like pet names should end in E because it, like, the something about the sound of the E makes, like, animals more responsive to their names. There, I feel like there's not a lot to choose from, like, cool name fun-wise uh, based on that. But if I, if I took that out of the equation, uh, I think I would, uh, I would get, like, if I wasn't allergic to them, because I am, <laughs> I would get a, like a little blonde lab, and I would I would name it Sim. Yeah, Sim. Simon. That would be a good name for a dog. Yeah, I think uh, Davy or Devi would be a good name for. Oh a yeah, pet. it does end in E. Yeah, yeah. But it had have to be like the thing is like that name could be a curse because you might like uh, like you know sometimes you name your pets and they fit into their names and like you could end up with a pet with a lot of attitude. Well, it's all in how you raise them, right? I've heard it said that uh, for dogs anyway, they should keep it to two syllables or have a name that you can keep it two syllables. It doesn't necessarily need to end with E is what I've heard, but two syllables means it's easier for them to to process it as a name. Oh, man. Oh, man. You could name them Kfothi as a joke <laughs> because, because you know, because people can't pronounce his name. Yeah. Kfothi. The thing is, when you name a pet, you have to remember what it's going to sound like when you shout it across a park. Or you name a dog anyway. So if you're like out in a park going, Quothy, it's going to be, you know, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit of a mouthful. 
And say, I, Devi does sound like the appropriate and correct name for a pet, given that yeah, it Devi ends. sounds like a cat to me. Yeah. yeah, 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 more than it is a dog. But I don't want a cat, so. What about a lizard? What would you call a lizard? Dracus. <laughs> yeah, Dracus. That'd be good. I mean, Bast is, a, Bast is already a good name for a cat for different reasons. Yes, yeah, Bast is a great name for a cat, but also, also a goat. Remen. Bass father's name Remen would be a good name for a for a cat. Yeah. We should have waited for Jeremy because he's he's a cat guy. Yeah, I said there's a lot of good cat names in this book. There's not a lot of good dog names. Arguably more book. cat name. I feel like Rothus is a cat person. I don't know if he has a dog, but he really seems like a cat person. Or maybe when he had kids, he got a dog. But he really seems like a cat lover. Yeah, I uh, being allergic to pretty much all animals. Uh, definitely. Never considered myself to be either a dog or a cat person, but now that I have been around more dogs and cats, I find dogs to have less attitude. Or if they have attitude, they're kind of they're still kind of cute. Like they're like when children have attitude, and you're like, I can't help but like you. It's very obnoxious. Yeah. Well, here's the difference: if you want like a roommate who will like occasionally come up and snuggle you, and you have to leave food out for, her, that's what a cat is good for. But if you want like a child who, yeah, if you want a playmate, then then you need yeah. uh, you need a dog. If you want to like a, something who's like devoted to you but needs your attention, then you then it's a dog. So it's sort of different, different strokes. I really do see the appeal of cats, but I like dogs. Yeah, I like being a god to something. <laughs> you like being seen as a god to something. I love it. Yeah, in the same way that we are seen as gods to the listeners. Oh, oh, is that how that works? <laughs> I'm sure they love that right now. You you feel the same, don't you, Jordana? You can feel the adulation pouring into you. Um, I can't, and I'm pretty sure that if I could, it would freak me out too much and I'd stop podcasting. The fact that someone started a Discord for our podcast still like kind of like it's very flattering, but it's also like, why do you care? <laughs> like, I'm glad you care, but why? It's a community. A little community has sprung up around this little thing we do, and that's very nice and very gratifying. I think I've said this before, but you know, that that it alone makes sweet. it, yeah, that alone makes it all worthwhile. You know, like of everything else I think I've accomplished in my life, this is probably the thing I'm the most proud of. And it's like the most effective thing. I don't know. My therapist talks about ripples. You know, we're talking about the way the world is and how hopeless things are and how everything seems outside of your ability to affect change on. And so she talks about uh, focusing on ripples and everyone makes, makes ripples in the pond. Um, and your ripples touch other people and then they make ripples. Aww, I really and like that's this. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of the way to to affect change, right? Like you can't affect global policy, obviously, but you can you can make little ripples and and then the the way that you touch others means that they change the way they touch others and that that can affect distant change. And so that's something I think about when I think about you know, the discord and the people who listen and who write to us and you know, in some way, we're we're touching these people, and in in that way, the world will get a little bit better. Then they'll touch people, and they'll touch people, and, and then before you know it, everyone's touching each other. <laughs> Damn, Jordana. Damn. <laughs> Sorry, you really, you really, so- really, Jordana. I couldn't help it. You're the it's one so- who said to put the bits in the box. I know. When my back was turned, <laughs> she snuck a the bit. Snuck out of the box. In the cookie jar, the 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 bit jar, Jordana had her grubby fingers inside. Okay, but on the topic of like bits as if they were snacks, I I can't not snack. 
literally Jeff had a bag of Mrs. Vicky's chips on the counter and he's like, this is for work. I'm bringing this to work. And I'm like, okay, well then it can't sit on the fucking counter because I'm going to eat it. <laughs> like if it is there and in my visual purview, I will eat it. <laughs> okay. So you must understand that metaphor works perfectly well for me and Jeremy when it comes to bits. If the bits are on the counter, we're going to grab them. Okay. Yes. I see it now. Whereas I, I think, I think if the bits are on the counter, I also want to grab them, but I have enough self-control to want to put the bits back in the box. The same way that I put the Miss Vicky's chips into Jeff's backpack so that I wouldn't see them. I haven't eaten them yet, but I put them away. And by yet, I mean ever. I won't eat them. They're for Jeff's friends at work. You are <laughs> a paragon of self-restraint, Jordana. I <laughs> All right. Well, this this tight ten minuter has turned into a lengthy eighteen minuter. So uh, why don't we why don't we slow it down there? Call it an right. episode, and we'll be back tomorrow for another page of the week. week.